Hello and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie and Jen. Okay, Jen, let's do this thing. Hi, Allie. Hi. Big Pockets music was great. <laughs> I like I, I like your fake podcast music. I am just loving this anchor, you know, hold music. Do you? It makes me go up a wall. I'm so glad that you are cool with it. <laughs> I remember you know, when, when I worked oh, at the ahead. hospital for a couple of decades, like I started to hate the hold music, and I'd be like, I would tell people like, Hey, can you not put me on hold? Can you just can you put the phone down? You can right? mute me if you want. You can mute me. I don't mind. But please so, don't make me listen to the music. Please don't put me on hold. <laughs> there was this company I dealt with quite a bit. And they would put me on hold, but there would be never any music. And so I'm on hold. I call one of my employees in and I'm like, I'm on hold right now. I don't know when they're coming back, but I really got to pee. So I need you to just answer the phone. And then all of a sudden I get a. Jen, I just have you on mute, so just go ahead and use the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, geez. oh, <laughs> right. So. Oh yeah, it's almost as bad as being in a meeting and talking and forgetting you're on fucking mute. <laughs> right. That's do you know what? Do, do you know what today is? What is today? Today is our 90th episode. Ten away from the big hundred. Ooh, what are we gonna do for the hundred one? Anything? We doing anything? I'm gonna have to find find think, something good. Think on that. Think on that. Yeah. People need to tell us. What's the do for? Right. Good but idea. First, I mean, I think the most important thing is is we should give ourselves a gift. Oh, I I love gifts, so I'm all about that. Yeah, we can do yeah, that. I, I think we deserve like to buy ourselves something. Okay, I'm um 100% all about that. Yeah, I'm down. Whatever you want. <laughs> let's, let's not tell your husband and just buy something. I will. <laughs> that, you're not hurting me any. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a big nine zero. Yay. So what are you going to talk about today? I'm going to talk about the murder of Cabria, K-A-B-R-I-A. Okay. Arnold from Dearborn, Michigan. Oh, wow. I am going to talk to you about different islands. Islands in the stream. That is what we are. That- I live in an, on an island. Yeah, we live on a peninsula, so we're like three-fourths of the way to being an island. Yeah. No, too cold. <laughs> I don't consider it. Yeah, I guess that I was thinking we were talking about somewhere warm. Tropical islands. I do talk about a couple tropical islands, but I also do talk about an island in one of the Great Lakes. Do people live there? No. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one, do you want to go first? I don't care. What do you want? Whatever you I'll want. Go, I shall go first. Okay. And then you can. Is there murder on your islands? Um, no, but it, not all subjects are happy, but they're happier than whatever happened to Cabrilla. That's right. <laughs> well, let me go first. Yeah. So I'm November 10th, 2019. Okay. 
yep, I think that's where we're at. Yeah. Um, when Cabria arrived home from work, her family went out looking for her. Okay. So she had a, a strict schedule. She was a student at a local um, okay. college. So she would go to work. She worked at a grocery store. And she was always home at the same time. They all had, like, this was a family that actually checked in Whoa. with each other. Okay. Yeah, not like, not like us though. We do track yeah. each other once in a while. I Me too. On you. Same. Same. Uh-huh. <laughs> so her her family went out looking for her. Quickly, they noticed a lot of police activity near oh. their home. It was just down the street. The sis, the father, and the sister decided to drive over and see what was going on. This was when they found it was. Cabria, age uh-huh. 20. She was dead from multiple gunshot wounds. She was only about, it was about five minutes from her worst. home. <sighs> the police, the, the police investigation found that she was pregnant. Oh, that's even, that's even more than the worst. That's like the super worst. Yep. The investigation led the police to two suspects, an ex-boyfriend who I can't find anything Uh, on but other than he was age uh 28 and his and his girlfriend gabriella brantley age 24 you know gabriella's name because she's the one that pulled the trigger (laughs) well they don't know that for sure the police believe her death was due to some love triangle so maybe he was seeing these two one got pregnant, the other got jealous, something along okay. those lines. So Gabriella Brantley is from Southfield, and she was actually charged November 18th with first-degree murder, felony firearms, and Ooh. assault. At, at the time, police believe she was either the shooter or played another role in the like, murder. She's like, hey, I need you to kill this girl. I'm going to roll up on her. You pull the trigger? So, okay. Right. So directly responsible. Okay. Yeah. Gra- uh, Gabriella gave police a handful of stories about what she was doing at the time of the murder. She never admitted shooting her, but police reports show she admitted to being in discussions when a plan was being oh, made. No, no, it wasn't me. I mean, but I do know I was around when it happened, but it wasn't me. <laughs> Right. And then so January 22nd, 2020, she was in court and her lawyer argued there wasn't any evidence that she was involved. Okay. You know, and the judge, the judge disagreed, though, and said that she could be tried for the murder. And again, I couldn't find anything. People mentioned this ex-boyfriend in the Detroit News. And the Ann Arbor News, like all these places mention the ex-boyfriend. Never his name, never any more detail. I've Googled it, like others involved, nothing. Just right now, this this woman who obviously had a plan with other people because she said she was there when a discussion happened. But who are those other people? Or person, oh, who knows? Man. So they're basically laying it all on her for sure right now. Maybe she's the only one that can find 
direct information or direct evidence against. Although you said, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I'm making shit up because I have no idea. Yeah, though the lawyer said there was True. no. Yeah. Like they, they went through her place. They didn't find any clothing, nothing on her shoes, no blood splatter. You like, on YouTube, you can watch a whole video of her just going down the list. Like you got wow. nothing. Then her stories change and she made supposedly made the statement. Oh, it's the changing story that's not helping her. Let me just say that. Right. And so it's an ongoing case, obviously, because it started January and then, you know, the pandemic happened. Uh, and she's, that's actually where a lot of the cases kind of end for a second you know, that I've been looking at her. Yeah, they're just like, I started to go through some of the ones to okay. follow up. And it's just like dead wow. in the water. Yeah, I was gonna say, once everything when, comes back, it'll all just kick back in. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. So I'm going to do mine about different islands. And I used Atlas Obscura, uh, Roadside America, Wikipedia, SmithsonianMag.com, Michigan.org, and ReserveAmerica.com. Yes. The first Ooh. thing I want to talk about is a monkey island. <laughs> so Hamosa, Florida has this island that's in the middle of this river. And it started out as basically just so like a rock outcropping, but it used to constantly damage passing boats. Like it was just, you know, just enough to fuck a boat up. You know what I mean? So this dude, he was a local developer and he started all these boats getting messed up. His name was, uh, his, the, ooh, bless you if that was a sneeze. Okay. So I, I thought I heard you sneeze. I was like, well, bless you, Jen. <laughs> uh, his first name was G. Well, he goes by the initials G.A., but he goes, his nickname is Fergie Ferguson. And he was a local developer. And in the 1960s, he tells like his workers, like, hey, man, just throw dirt on the rocks. Will you like when you go by or every now and then just throw some dirt on those rocks, you know, to kind of build up the area so people can see it a little bit better. And then from there. He's like, uh, go ahead and dredge up some dirt around the area. We'll really build it up. And all of a sudden, it becomes like this little island. It goes from like this little crop of rocks to this little island. And Fergie decided to put a couple of trees on it. And he puts this little tiny little lighthouse. And he decided later on, he's going to open up this exotic animal attraction. And he had bought monkeys from this polio researcher after they were retired from testing. But these monkeys aren't like regular monkeys, okay? These monkeys are familiar with humans. These humans have been hurting them and testing them with polio disease shit. And the monkeys have learned to work together to, like, thwart the humans. And these were tough little monkeys. And they were really good at escaping, um, stealing things, biting people. Uh, one of their hobbies were breaking into cars, okay? These monkeys didn't play. So... The, this Fergie doesn't know what to do. He's unsure how to handle the issues. So he decides to exile the monkeys to the tiny island. And it was these uh, two squirrel monkeys and three spider monkeys. And they're all shipped off to this monkey Alcatraz island. And Fergie had to like replant new trees because the monkeys ate the original one. And then he built huts for them to live in. And he had to go through this whole process, but he finally finds a process that works so that the monkeys can live comfortably on the island and not attack the human beings. So because monkeys can't swim, you know, they're safe there. It's good. They're cute to watch from a boat. So visitors pull up on tours and watch the monkeys from the island. 
and they're safe on the boat. Monkeys aren't swimming. And there's also a barrier that is erected around the island that discourages boaters from landing on the island because humans are also assholes. And we're like, we've got to keep the humans away from the monkeys also. And the island is under 24-hour surveillance. And the monkeys on the island to this day have tourists come and watch them. It's called Monkey Island now. And it's an area that's also known for its manatee tours. I want to see yeah. monkeys. Well, let's go to Homosa, Florida. Homosassa. H-O-M-O-S-A-S-S-A. Now, hmm. that's yeah, oh, there's a place in Brazil I'm going to tell you about that has snakes on it. I cannot pronounce the name oh, of it. Yeah, the snake. snake island. It's Ilha de Comida Grande. So for folklore of the, of the area tells of this island that was infested with deadly snakes due to pirates that wanted to protect treasure that they had buried on the island. But the truth is, um, the island was once land that was connected to the mainland. However, like 11,000 years ago, rising sea levels cut off the higher elevated area from the rest of the land and the snakes were trapped on this newly formed island. That's what happened. And the island is actually a mix of rainforest and bare rock, which is between 106, 110 acres big. And the rainforest portion is where the golden lancehead viper lives. And this viper lives on a diet of birds. And 41 species of bird live on the island, and the golden viper only eats two. <laughs> yeah, the oh, southern wow. house wren and this type of flycatcher bird. So since the snakes aren't able to track wounded birds, they evolved, these viper evolved to have a really powerful venom to kill the birds quickly, right? So in case they strike them and they don't quite, you know, get them, it's going to still kill the bird. This is how the snakes survive. And their, and their venom is estimated to be three to five times stronger than the mainland golden um, lancehead vipers. So I used to always hear about this island on those like lists of you won't believe it lists. And people used to be like, you know, for every foot of land, there's 80,000 snakes or whatever. But in the end, they actually did a real count of it. And there's about 2,000 to 4,000 snakes on the island, which is one for every meter. And there's a 7% chance that a human will die from a bite from a golden lance viper and a 3% chance of death if you receive immediate medical treatment. So, yeah. Mm. Um, the venom can cause kidney failure, brain hemorrhages, necrosis of the muscle, and intestinal bleeding. So over, one, yep, one meter. so over 100 years ago, they did try to clear the rainforest on the island to farm a banana plantation, but it was just too dangerous. I was like, uh, yeah. But they... <laughs> Uh, like, um, erected a lighthouse on the island in 1909, and no one's lived there since the lighthouse was automated in 1920. And local tales tell of a lighthouse keeper and his family being killed in their home when snakes slithered in from an open window. And the island is closed to the public, and it's controlled by the Brazilian Navy. But they do have a few scientists that go to the island to study the snakes to use their venom for medical purposes. So, still... I would not go. Mm. So the one right. island from Michigan is Isle Royal. And it's in Lake Superior. And it's one of the three least visited national parks in the United States. Go, Michigan. <laughs> 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 the other top two least visited national parks are in Alaska. So making Isle Royal the least visited park in the contiguous 48 states. <laughs> Yes, the uh, Isle Royal National Park is the main island. 
and the surrounding smaller islands and the water. So the parks, the main island and the smaller surrounding ones. And it's the fourth largest lake island in the world. And the island is about 45 miles long and nine miles wide. It's a five-hour ferry ride from the mainland to of Michigan. Or you can take like a shorter seaplane ride. All, vis- all visitors, whether coming from Michigan, Wisconsin, or Minnesota, need a reservation to stay the night on the island. And Isle Royale has several of its own lakes in the island, including Chicken Bone Lake, Sargent Lake, and Lake Ritchie. <laughs> I was like, who lets people name this shit? The largest lake on Iron Royal is Siskiwit Lake, which has several of its own islands, including Ryan Island, the largest of the inner islands. So we have Lake Superior has a <laughs> an island, and that island has a lake, and that lake has an island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Four wolves were brought to the island in the 1950s from Minnesota, and since then, the island has been a source of study for the predator-prey cycles between wolves and the the moose on the island. Yeah. They, like, go back and forth. And, uh uh-huh. So here's the last island. Okonoshima Island uh, in Japan. In the 1920s, Japan built factories on Okonoshima Island that manufactured chemical weapons, it was chosen because the island is isolated and it's far from Tokyo. So in case there's a natural disaster, you're saving the major population. The workers weren't told that they were what they were making. And there was like very few safety protocols for them. So many of the workers suffered from the negative effects of being exposed to dangerous gases. So rabbits had been brought to the island to test the effectiveness of the different gases. And those um, rabbits were later killed when the factory was shut down. A second set of rabbits were let loose on the island when Japan worked to turn it into a park after World War II. And there are about 700 to 1,000 rabbits on that fucking island now. And they're mostly fed by tourists. Wow. That's how many, like, they can't even forage on their own. You have to be fed by tourists. <clears throat> Japan built a museum to discuss the empty factory buildings on the island called the Okushima Poison Gas Museum. And believe it or not, it has really good reviews on TripAdvisor. Yes. Really? It shows what happens to the human body when it's exposed to chemicals like mustard gas and tear gas. Yeah. Really good reviews. And the one thing I wanted to say, the last one is, you know, my dad is from Greece and, you know, Greeks have a lot of pride. And I was looking up different islands and an island that is often voted the most beautiful island in the world is Santorini, Greece. (laughs) That's right. Prettiest island. We have it. Greece. Greece. Yes. Now that I know that all these islands have all these um, creatures, I probably don't want to be stuck on I know, right? Well, when I was telling you about Island Island Royal, you're like, ooh, that's so pretty. And I was like, it has wolves and moose. You're like, well, fuck that noise. (laughs) Right. No, thank you. All right, cool, Jen. I'll talk to you later. All right, bye. Contact us at anchor or Michigan other mayhem at gmail.com or on Facebook to join the conversation, listen to the podcast or correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Bye-bye now.